0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I recognize it's 8 o'clock in the morning and it's hard to get the gears going sometimes in our minds. But I have to ask you, what did we just hear? We heard self-dealing. In modern financial circles, this might have warranted a security and exchange commission investigation. Certainly fines and sanctions would be called for. The Wall Street Journal would write all about it. There'd be editorials against this great breach of fiduciary responsibility. That care that we're supposed to take with the things that belong to our superior to our employer. A breach of the duty of loyalty that that we are committed to. In the business world that's true. Also true in our world with our Lord and Savior. Now talking about this self-dealing, this shrewdness, we've all seen the movies. You might have even read the book, the big short, with Christian Bale, with Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling, or or certainly you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio, or you've at least heard about it. But those are fictional accounts of self-dealing, of corruption. What we heard today was actually a parable of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's twisted. takes a lot of turns. It's difficult. It almost defies comprehension. But we have to remember, as we learn time and time again, as we study the Word of God, That God's rules often subvert or twist conventional rules, that is, human rules. God sees things a little bit differently than we do. The kingdom of God has little to do with fairness. We remember the story of the, the vineyard workers who come to the vineyard and the vineyard owner says he'll give them $5 for a day's work and they agree and they go to work. Mid-morning somebody comes and they give them, uh, the vineyard owner gives them also the same amount. And then, and then at lunchtime some more come and he gives them the same pay and the afternoon and late afternoon the same pay. The kingdom of God has little to do with fairness. It has little to do with keeping proper ledgers or journals or trial balances. Kingdom of God has little to do with everyone getting their due. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. But this parable, this parable we heard this morning, takes it to an entirely different level. And there's a strong cognitive dissonance here. And we are confounded by the ethics that play out as we listen That reading, and we wonder what to make of it. We know about the kingdom of God, we know it is about relationships, it's about reconciliation, it's about forgiving as you are forgiven. Yet, here we have this parable it doesn't make sense. Theological, economic. But Jesus had a, had a funny way of not making sense sometimes. Plant a weed in a garden. Ruin a vat of flower with yeast. Turn the other cheek. Invite folks to a party that can invite you. Leave the flock to search for one miserable little sheep. To waste hours searching for a penny, it doesn't make sense. God came to earth and took on human form, took on flesh. It doesn't make sense. Jesus prayed for those who nailed him to the cross. It doesn't make sense. On the third morning, the tomb was empty. It doesn't make sense. For the disciples to recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread doesn't make sense. But Jesus had a way of getting people's attention. He would use common things that people were familiar with As examples, to draw out their thoughts and their feelings and their heart, and to begin to understand God and what God requires of them. This parable might challenge us to to look at what the forgiveness of debt might really be like, to look at how we might serve wealth over God to look at how we spend our money, to look at how we might save our money. All of those are challenges. But also challenge us to to look at how we might treat and serve others. The point of this story is not at all about the steward. It's not all about his double dealing And his shrewdness. It is about the urgency of the situation. The quick action that is required of him. The shrewd steward responded as if his life depended on it. After all, he was too weak to dig and too proud to beg. His life did indeed depend on it. So too do our lives depend on the urgency of our choices. Let me give you some what ifs, if I could. What if that urgency that we saw in this lesson this morning that Deacon Beth read for us, what if that urgency were seen through the eyes of Christian service? What might it look like? What if Christians were as eager and as ingenious in service as the children of the world, pursuing their riches and their schemes? What if Christians contributed to the church's ministries at the same rate they spent on recreation and entertainment? What if Christians invested the same amount of time in the church's ministries that they dedicate to their leisure? What if Christians approach their faith with the resolve that they approach their professions, their hobbies, and their leisure time with? The children of the light, that's us, my brothers and sisters. The children of the light can learn from the shrewd. We can learn from this lesson. We can learn how to handle the things of the world so as not to lose the world, but to gain it. On earth... We are in charge of things that are not our own. They're not ours. Talking about God's bounty, I'm talking about the land that our houses are built upon. We really don't own that land, or the materials that our houses are built out of, or, or the possessions that we have. They're really not ours. They're part of God's bounty that He gave. They're part of His blessings upon us. And we can't take them with us when we die. That's the test. These things, you see, they are on loan to us to use. We are but stewards and caretakers, the bounty that we can never own, yet in heaven what we get is really and eternally ours. So how do we respond to the pressures of life? Certainly not not like the swindling shrewd steward. The way we use what we have, what's loaned to us, reveals who we serve. Passion and urgency go together So my question is, how will we be passionate as Christians? You see, the choice of having no master is not an option. We can only choose one Lord to serve. Which will it be? There is no default position can't just wait and see. You make a choice you see. You make a choice each and every day by who you are. You make a choice each and every day by what you do. Most of us will never in our lifetimes christen a ship or write a book or have lunch with the president of the United States or or negotiate a peace treaty or discover a cure for cancer or anything else really spectacular. More likely, we will only have a chance to give a cup of water to somebody who's thirsty. To write a kind note to somebody who desperately needs lifting up, to visit a lonely friend or a sick friend who is in desperation, to share a meal with somebody in need, to tell a child a story. Most of us will only have the opportunity to be faithful in small things. My brothers and sisters, this is stewardship. Faithfulness is a steward's greatest duty. Let us be faithful in both the small and the great. Let us accept the urgency that is upon us. Our time is limited. Let us act with swiftness, with certainty. Let us affirmatively choose each and every day who we will serve. Our lives, our lives depend on it. Jesus did not come to bring us death but life, abundant life for those that believe, for the faithful. Look to the cross. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. Jesus Christ lives Don't be anxious, or in the words of right 2, don't mind the earthly things, but love the heavenly things. The living Christ, you see, calls us to stewardship, he calls us to faithfulness, and it is my hope for all of us that someday we might hear our Lord say, well done true and faithful servant. Well done, true and faithful servant. The urgency is upon us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.